Hey guys, welcome to Property Soup. My name's Alan. I'm here with my friend John. John, how's it going? Really good, man. Yeah, how, how about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Happy to be here in Sydney and hang out with you in person. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a change, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's you, good. It's you, good being you're already, here. Already thinking about beers and telling people. I, about I actually am. I'm doing. actually thinking about that no, Malaysian no, place yeah. that you took me to last time. That we was incredible. That. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Yep. Okay. Cool. So, look, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode today, but I thought it'd be good to go through goal setting and how to do that with Reasons. investing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of investors jump into the market. They just start going willy-nilly just buying random properties. Yep. But they don't even know why they're doing it. Yeah. And when I mean why, I mean what are you trying to achieve actually? And what I mean by that is they go, oh, I, I want to be financially free. Or, or the other one, I, I just want to make money. Yeah, I want to make money or I want to be financially free. Okay, but what does that actually mean? Yeah. Have you actually asked yourself, what does that mean? I just want to make money. It's kind of like I enjoy this oxygen thing. I want some more of that. Right? Yeah. It's kind of like if somebody said, you know, went to the gym and they said, I wanted to get healthy. Yeah. What does that mean? Oh, I just want to be healthy. Uh, okay, but what does healthy look like? Yeah. Does that mean you've got, you know, do you want more strength, more endurance, more yeah. flexibility? Yeah. You know, do you want to be lighter? Do you want to be leaner? Do you want to be yeah. heavier? Would you, you want like to be f- more lean mass? Yeah. Do you want yeah. five, like, you know, do you want to put on two kilos of muscle? Do you yeah. want to lose a kilo of fat? Like what, what does that actually mean? Yeah. And so with any kind of goal setting or doing anything, you've got to understand what the end target is. So that's what we're going to be looking at today is how do you figure that out as an investor? Look, look, one thing I'm big on as well is stripping away the bullshit, um, you know, if you can pardon the language. We're in an industry where a lot of people love selling the dream, right? It's awesome to have big aspirations to move towards. I'm not ragging on that at all. I don't think you should make that the only reason to actually do something though. Too often people make perfect the enemy of good. The idea that if I can't have, you know, five million bucks in the bank and never work again by the time I'm 40, if I can't do that, it's not worth doing it, right? Mm -hmm. That simply isn't true. It's kind of like using the gym as an analogy saying, look, if I can't break the world deadlifting record or if I can't look like Arnold, I'm not going to fucking do it at all, right? That is categorically dumb. Yeah. Um, Improving your health as best you can so that you can have the best life possible. Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree that's a great idea for your life. Yeah. This is where I think it's worth looking at people's motivations, your motivation to move away from something versus your motivation to move towards something. Mm -hmm. Moving towards the big, hairy, audacious goal is awesome, right? Now, the reality is whether or not you get to that big, hairy, audacious goal or not is irrelevant Mm -hmm. because in the process of trying to get there, you've improved yourself substantially. Mm -hmm. Getting 80% of the way to 2 million bucks worth of net assets, getting to 1.6, is that a failure? Absolutely not. Of course not. You're you're probably doing better than 99% of the population. Yeah. And this is where it's worth looking at the other side of the coin. Mm. What do you want to move away from, right? Mm. This is what people instinctively don't want to think about because it is unpleasant, Mm. right? If you ask someone, you know, do you want to think about fun stuff or painful stuff in your time off? Of course you pick the fun stuff. We're pleasure-seeking creatures. But if you look what actually motivates us to do do things, to To actually change, change, the good old Tony Robbins quote, Change occurs when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of changing. Yeah. Right. So what usually actually motivates people to do something for their future is to consider, okay, if I don't change, what's going to happen and how painful will that be? Mm. And I think in Australia that's that's a particularly relevant subject. Yeah. So how do we look at that? 
So if let's say somebody wants to get into the market or maybe they're already an investor, mm-hmm. how can they actually measure what success looks like and if they're headed in the right direction? Well, obviously defining success is the, the most important thing, mm-hmm. right? So understanding what you need to achieve in the time frame, mm-hmm. uh, coming up with a clear indication of that. I think stripping it down to its most basic components and working out what's needed and required mm. is usually a great thing as well. Yeah. Again, never saying don't shoot for the stars and land on the moon, mm-hmm. right? Again, having great goals is awesome. But let's at least know that, okay, if you fall shy of that, what's the minimum point of safety you need to reach mm. in order to be at least safe and comfortable for your yep. future? And that should be ultimately the North Star for any form of investing. Okay. So let's help people like work this out. I'm not sure what term you use, but I use the term net wealth position. Yep, it's a good one. Net wealth, right? What do you what do you use? Net assets, net wealth position. Net. Okay. So, what does that mean, first of all? So, when we're saying net wealth or net assets, what does that actually mean? So, the value of the assets you hold Mm -hmm. minus the value of the debt you also hold. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's work out. For people listening, a really quick, simple calculation. Yep. An example. So let's imagine that you you hold two properties, a principal place of residence and an investment property. Mm-hmm. Principal place of residence, that's worth $1.2 million mm-hmm. and your investment property worth 800 k Okay. Right. So you've got one property worth $1.2. Yep. The other one was worth 800 So yep. they're both together. Combined. The total value is $2 million. Correct. Okay. However, you've got debt across both those properties. Okay. Your principal place of residence, you've got that down most of the way to two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. For the investment property, it's a little bit more, sitting at about four hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so two hundred thousand plus four hundred, so you've got six hundred thousand in in debt. Yep. Okay. All so right. Two mil minus six hundred leaves you with one point four. There we go. That's your net position. That's your net position. Okay. However, from a retirement position perspective. Mm. your home doesn't really count. Why it, not? Because you can't eat the walls, can you? What if I, I'm like a, a homeowner and I've got a 1.5 million? Oh, I've, 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 got, I've built wealth. I've got equity. Why doesn't that count? Well, for a very simple reason. So if you want to actually live off that money, you've mm-hmm. got two choices. You can either sell the home, mm-hmm. in which case you need a new place to live now, or you can take out debt against the home, which requires you to still work. Mm. So you can't use it. That's the thing. Correct. So for anyone out there who's, who's thinking, I'm, I'm doing all right. I've got, you know, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars of equity, yep. wealth in my own home, which I live in. Yep. Problem with that is you can't use it. No. Because you've either got to sell your property, buy something cheaper, which that's going to get harder, right? Is it that property that you bought maybe 10 years ago you're definitely not going to be able to get something like that for the same like cheaper. Like, no chance. Right? So either you're going to have to sell it and you, you need somewhere else to live. You've got to buy something yeah. else or you're going to go back to renting. Yeah. So you, the, the wealth in your home, it doesn't produce cash flow in most cases, 99.99% of cases. No. This is old so school you, Robert Kiyosaki. So mm-hmm. for anyone who hasn't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, please go back and read it. It's yeah, very good. Great book. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. One of the first books I read on investing and passive income. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, your home, it's a great thing to have. It's awesome to have value in your home. It's mm-hmm. obviously great to have a good home, mm-hmm. but it doesn't count towards your net retirement position okay. certainly. And All certainly right. not towards your net assets really. Okay. So let's take that example first, that first example we had. Yep. So we had a $1.2 million home yep. with uh, a $200,000 mortgage. Yep. 
Okay. Doesn't really count. Doesn't really, no. Okay. We'll get into the debt in a minute yep. on, that, on that property. So what do we actually have in terms of net wealth? And what we're trying to get to here is like, let's say for some reason you had to stop working as of today. Yep. Market conditions, health reasons, you know, you have to take care of a family member or something. And where are you? Like if you, if you literally had to stop working, where would you be in terms of your financial kind of like well-being, right? Sure. So let's say, you know, a couple's working and for some reason something happens and they've got a $200,000 mortgage. Yep. What, what happens then? Who, where does the income come to pay that mortgage? Well, if they don't have income protection, then, yeah, that could be yep. in a tough bind. Even if yep. they do have income protection, there's usually a 90-day uh, excess period in the policy mm. before it starts paying out. Yep. So they're so, still going to have to find three months' worth of mortgage expenses mm. in their savings. So actually if the home doesn't count but they've got, they've got one investment yep. and the investment was worth 800 right? Yep. And the loan was 400 Yeah. So if we just look at the investment, what is the net wealth of just with the investment? Sure. So assuming they don't have to sell down, right, because mm-hmm. it's a whole other thing with the capital gains and let's, let's leave that out. Let's keep yep. it simple. Let's keep it simple. Yep. So... So now we take away the value of their home from their assets. So we've got 800K asset, 600K worth of combined debt, 200 mm. on the principal home, 400 on the investment. But right. why do we do that? Why do we take – why can't we count the value of the, the home they live in but why do we have to count the debt of that home? Well, will your bank let you stop paying it? That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so you're still going to owe the money either you way. You still owe the money. <laughs> so you have to get rid of that debt. And it becomes what we call a liability. Well, think of it's it, debt. Think of it like a really big electricity bill, right? You don't pay it, they'll turn your shit off, yep. right? With your home, if they turn your shit off, you get kicked out. So that's yeah. it. Yeah, okay. So we can't ca- count the, the equity you have in your home as part of your net wealth in yep. terms of, you know, retirement income or semi-retirement income, whatever. No. But we have to count the debt. Of course. So now let's work it out in total. We've got an investment... Qu- property which we can count the wealth in that property or the equity correct but we've got two mortgages or two liabilities we've got the uh the, the primary place of residence yep and then we've got the investment property debt so what yep. is now the net in this example what would be the actual net wealth of this sure so family? To- total debt is 200k on the the, pr- the primary place of residence mm-hmm. 400k on the investment so that's 600 600 okay right so 800k as the value of the investment property today, mm-hmm. less 600 total debt, mm-hmm. leaves you a net wealth position of 200K. 200,000. Yep. 200,000. Yep. So, you know, your total assets, the gross value of the assets is 2 million. But actually when you dive deep, your actual net wealth in this case yep. is $200,000. Correct. So let's let's imagine. That doesn't sound like a lot, John. It's not. And look, obviously, if you start out without investment properties, typically most people I speak to start in the negative. So mm-hmm. they're in a position where if they suddenly had loss of a job or, or something tragic were to occur, mm-hmm. um, they actually couldn't cover their expenses right. based on their, their situation. Right. They have to immediately start selling the home down right. as their, their only way of, of creating some sort of financial breathing yeah. room or leaning on family. That's yeah. really the two choices they've got. Let's fast forward a bit. Let's say, you know, that was a couple in their late 50s. Yep. $200,000 doesn't sound like a lot of net wealth to have in your kind of late 50s. Well, no, not, not at all. Why not? Well, for two reasons. One is, look, let's go through that, you know, um, disaster case example where you do have to sell an asset down while you push through a tragedy. Hopefully it doesn't occur, but again, we don't know. 
right? You know, none of us can can pick the time or the hour. So let's imagine this does happen, that you want to stay in the family home because you've got kids who are in school, you don't want to uproot them, but now through this job loss, you've, you're forced to sell an asset down, right? So let's imagine this couple, they have to sell their investment property um, to then fund um, their lifestyle for a period of time. So they've got 200K worth of, worth of proceeds from sale after all the debts are cleared. The problem is then they've got to pay capital gains tax, right? Mm-hmm. Which we don't know how much it will be because we don't know how much they bought this you know, mm-hmm. hypothetical property for. Mm-hmm. Let, let's be very conservative and say there's about 50,000 bucks of capital gains tax there. Okay. Right. And again, you know, this is just an example. So they've got 150K. Well, after agents' fees and everything else, probably more like about 130K mm. um, net proceeds of sale left, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Now, if their lifestyle as a couple in their 50s with two kids, potentially one or more in private school, means that they need probably about 90,000 bucks a year to live. Yeah, let's say least. 100. Let's say 100. 100 let's, be, let's be realistic for families these days, mm. right? Mm-hmm. If they need 100, 100K to live and they've got 130 in the bank, they've got one year worth of living through a tough period mm-hmm. and then – you know, mm-hmm. they've got to make some very hard decisions, mm-hmm. right? So, And we've each spoken to probably over a 1,000 investors. No, more. Yeah. More, if not more. For me, from the amount of people I've spoken to, the average, and you, you, you can look these statistics up, it's actually less, mm-hmm. but the average that I've spoken to people that people have in, in their super for retirement is it's probably around $200,000. $200, Sometimes I might meet people and they've got 250, 300 and they've got like five, ten years left till retirement. Yeah, pretty common. So if you're in your late 50s and you've got, you know, you've got, your own, you know, you've got plenty of equity in your home but you can't eat from that money, you no. can't use it to live off. Certainly not. And then you've got, you sell down your, your investment, one investment and you've got 130. And then let's say you've got 300. That leaves you with $400,000 approximately in retirement funds. Yep. Okay, let's say you round it up to 500, okay, your funds grow or something and you've got at $500,000. And that's assuming you've hit retirement with no mortgage. Yeah, right, with no mortgage, which actually two out of three Australian families still have a mortgage yeah. when they retire. Yeah, generally at least no, They just don't look far enough into the future, hmm. right? So imagine that you turn 65, you've worked hard all your life, you've been working nine to five, you know, paying down your mortgage for 30 years, you get to 65, you've still got maybe 100000 on your mortgage and then you've got maybe $500,000 in retirement funds. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as scary as that sounds, that is the reality for most, a big majority of Australians. I think it's close to two out of three families. Yeah. It's like 55, 60%, something like that. That's right. So if, if I had, you got to think about it like this, if you had $400,000 at retirement and your lifestyle requires you know you're used to living on even like a hundred thousand dollars a year which is pretty normal for most families for a couple mm-hmm. how long is that money going to last you not particularly and this is why what the really worrying stat is about 87 percent of australians will end up on some form of government assistance after the age of retirement mm-hmm. not not all of them be the full pension full pension is sitting more like just under two-thirds right um but that's a pretty scary number when you get down to it because well, we've both got relatives on the on the pension, and so do many mm. of our friends. And uh, it's not a it's really not a a very comfortable lifestyle at all. Let's dive deeper into the numbers now. Mm. So, we know that having a net position of net wealth position of two hundred thousand dollars, even four hundred thousand dollars, 
if you want to stop working and you don't want to rely on a job and if you want real security and financial stability and financial well-being, like it's not, it's not going to cut it. Even a half a million dollars, like forget about it. You've, you're going to be on a pension. Yeah. What should be the minimum? And the way we do this, we use something called the ASFA Retirement Standard. Yep. What does ASFA stand for? The Association of Super Funds Australia. All right. Yeah. So they have a what, what's called a retirement standard. And when we talked about goals earlier and having a goal and having a target, this is a really good tool that we use to help our the people we work with help them understand what needs to be done yeah. or to give them clarity on where they are and where they need to get to. Mm-hmm. Because then you can come up with a game plan. Well, right? I think it's important to relate to something that's tangible, tangible and visceral in your world as well. So if I say to someone, look, do you want a budget for having 70000 bucks?" They'll say, yeah, it's a number. But they don't really think any deeper into it, right? Mm. Whereas if we talk about, okay, so when you stop working, you've now got 24 hours of the day to yourself. You can you know, spend it twiddling your thumbs on the couch, rotting away, mm-hmm. or you could actually do something meaningful, right? What do you need to do with that time in order for, it, for you to feel fulfilled? So typically the big ones that will be there, you know, their family, their community, travel, whether – locally doing the great nomad thing or due to overseas experiences. Mm-hmm. Some will still be glampers. Some will be five-star you know, aficionados like me. Uh, just depends, right? It's different for everybody. Some yep. people it's going to be fishing trips. doesn't matter. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is. What matters is that it's important. <laughs> yeah. Most people I talk to want to eat out at least once or twice a week and they don't want the club special. They yep. want to get something pretty decent, you know, whether it's, a again, who cares? Pizza, Thai food, Vietnamese, doesn't matter. You're yep. typically... When we chunk it right down, what people want to do is have good health cover in their old age, obviously, uh, be able to have good clothes on their body, keep a decent car reg out on the road um, and have whatever it is out of those experiences, whether charity, travel or something. They mm-hmm. want some meaningful involvement in their life, yeah. right? And that lets you then determine how much you need personally. Now, the ASFA guide is a broad average based on those things to tell you right. what you're going to have if you've planned ahead. Yeah. And what you're going to miss out on if you haven't. It's it's an average. It's the minimum standard for an average, uh, you know, for average people yeah. in Australia. And so what they do is they, you know, for the last 20 years, it's a study, they measure the cost of living, basket of goods, everything, cost of living. And so, you know, there are minimum things that you need to, to hit. Like yeah. you said, you got to think about daily essentials, paying your bills, paying your Netflix, Wi-Fi, um, maintaining your home, you know, you might need to upgrade the bathroom. Yeah. You might need to, you can't wear the same clothes for 20 years. Some people do, but most people don't want to do that. Yeah. Right? You need to pay for petrol, car rego. Yeah, all of those things, health services, traveling. So they've calculated it. Uh, what is it? Well, it depends on the standard of living you want, right? So, And again, these come with some big caveats that it will shift person to person. Let's start with the average. Well, when you say average, you mean the modest or comfortable scale? So again, Comfortable. We, okay. okay. I want to – it doesn't matter if you're 30 – Yep. You're 40 or 50. If I stop working today, how much income do I need to be comfortable to live in Australia? So we're going to assume it's your situation as a member of a couple? Yeah, let's take a couple as an example. Let's look at both, a single and a couple. Cool. So let's assume a, you know, a, a couple who have been together for a while. Uh, obviously, uh, living together, you can cut down your expenses. It's easier to do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So if you want to stay… Sharing costs. Yeah, sharing yeah. costs. If you want to stay comfortable… And by the way, comfortable on ASFA's scale is an overseas trip once every seven years. Mm. So we're not talking about extravagant here. Yeah. We're really talking the minimum required to stay comfortable. We're this talking- is this is being comfortable and not really having to worry about money. Yeah. This yeah. is being able to afford your private health cover, keep mm. a decent car on the road, 
visit the dentist if you want to without needing to have false teeth, mm-hmm. right? Uh, having a haircut without stressing about it, keeping the aircon and the heater on. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things we're talking about, yeah, just under seventy and a half thousand a year. Seventy thousand dollars a year. Yeah, call okay, it, call it seventy thousand bucks. Okay, and what is it for a single? So just make a mental note of that. Seventy thousand dollars a year, you would need an income if you stopped working to be comfortable in today's money. In today's money, yeah, to be comfortable. That's a, that's a really key one. In today's yep. money. Okay. Yeah. What about for a single? Singles, fifty thousand bucks. Right. Fifty thousand. By by the way, the guidelines for comfortable have gone up by about five thousand bucks each over the last year. Mm. So that kind of tells you something about the cost of living yeah. straight away. They've just updated the numbers as of March, actually. Yeah. 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 March 2023. That's it. Okay. Okay, that's the minimum. What happens if you don't, the majority of Australians ending up, what is the actual age pension? So the majority of Australians, if we're talking a single person, the age pension, you're looking at $27,000 a year or just shy of it. Uh, for couples, you're looking at 40000 bucks a year. Okay. <laughs> Let's just clarify that for a second. More than 55% of Australians have not planned correctly. Yeah. They're living on an age pension or relying on some kind of pension. Yep. And for a single person who has not planned correctly, will be living on around $27,000 a year in today's dollars. Yeah. And for a couple, $40,000 a year to cover all of your living costs. Mm-hmm. Where in Australia can you live comfortably for that? I don't know. You would like you would struggle to live on that kind of money in parts of Southeast Asia, more developing countries. Mm. It's really not a lot of money, and I think people need to be aware of this. I think this is why people don't plan ahead. Yeah, they've just got no idea, or it's too depressing, right? The two thoughts people have: one is that it's too far away; it's not really real to me, so I'm not going to worry about it. The other thought then becomes: as I get closer and it becomes more real, well, it's too depressing to think about all the time, so I just won't think about it. Well, let's look at that. If you're a single on 27 or a couple at 40,000. On a pension, what do you have to think about if you're on that kind of income when, well, you, when you stop working? So, look, the odds of having private health cover are pretty low unless you've got relatives assisting. Mm. Um, so, you know, going so no, into... So, no, you know, no private health insurance? Yeah. I've actually got a, a friend, a family friend, and they had to wait for hip surgery for five years. Mm-hmm. Five years they walked around with a bad hip yep. because they just couldn't afford it. Yeah. I mean, if... Um, if, if you're going into your twilight years with no private health cover and all mm. those injuries you've racked up from your working life are, are there, then, mm. yeah, very realistic possibility. Yeah. What about other stuff? Look, um, 17 to 23 bucks for Netflix when you're working doesn't seem like a pretty big choice. When you've got, say, less than 800 bucks a week as a couple to, to budget off, that suddenly becomes, you know, pretty pretty big and tough choice, right? Yeah. And do we do that? And do we have Foxtel? We just have network TV, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. and and again, you've now got all the hours of the day to yourself. Mm-hmm. So it didn't seem like that big a decision before. Yeah, now become a pretty big one. Uh, gym membership, you know, assuming you want to keep yourself healthy and active, you may not be able to afford it. Mm. Right. But even like basic stuff, like going to see a movie, yeah, like you don't want to be worrying about that when you retire. I got to watch my wallet because uh, I don't know if I should go and see this movie because I've got to pay my electricity bill next week. You yeah. literally can't afford to even. You go to the cinema like rarely. Yeah. This is what the study shows. Like we're looking at, at this now, like if yep. you're listening or like, you know, but you're going to have to think about that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, um, not a problem for me but haircuts, right? So I'm sure, yep. you, you know, you'll, you'll probably have hair as an old man. You might worry about that, right? You know, can I afford to get the Hopefully. Haircut? Hopefully <laughs> it stays on. 
But, you know, we laugh about it, right, but, you know, the old pensioner stereotypes, the Blue Rinse Brigade, right, you know, the, the club special, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the roast joint, you know, being on there as the, as the well, meal, all the Well, you know, stuff. that actually brings me to a story. Uh, one of my neighbours, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm based in Port Melbourne at the moment. I live in Port Melbourne. Yep. And my neighbour's been in the neighbourhood for 30, 40 years, 30 mm-hmm. years, I think, and... Yeah, like we, we talk about – like he was a big property investor actually. We should actually get him on the show nice. one day. But he bought a lot of property. He's always believed in it and he's – you know, he really believes in it. And he's he was telling me that he knows all of the people on the street, all of the older people. And um, well, a lot of the pensioners, they literally are scared to leave the house because as they know that as soon as they walk out the door, mm. they have to spend money, money yeah. which they don't have. And he said, like, they're just literally, like, sitting in an armchair watching TV all day and that's all they do. Yeah. Because if they have to go out, they have to spend money. Like, that's, for me, that's just, like, it's sad, number one. There's a lot of people ending up in that position because they just are not aware of these figures. They haven't planned ahead. And this is really a big health check, right? So one of my favourite podcasts to listen to, Andrew Huberman's, right? Um, he had Dr. Peter Atia on a while ago and mm. one of the ways he gets people to plan for their future is to think about how they want their terminal decade to look. So that last 10 years of your life, how do you want it to look? What do you want to be capable of? Um, you know, what sort of quality would you like to feel? What would your energy levels would you, would you like? You know, mm. How do you want these things to look? That's, that's how he actually gets people to plan for their health now mm-hmm. to, to work out what it's going to look like. It, it seems kind of depressing thinking about what your last 10 years should look like. In a lot of ways it's uplifting to think that, okay, this is going to happen, right, mm-hmm. whether you plan for it or not. And mm-hmm. doing it in the best way possible is, is something that should be ideal. Now if we look at your financial health, being able to you know, work your nuts off for 20, 30, 40 years mm-hmm. and actually just be able to go in the corner and get a bloody coffee, it's not a whole lot to ask for. Yeah, right? This is what most people are missing out on. Yeah. And I think people deserve to, you know, people deserve to live a decent and comfortable life. Yeah. After working so many years. But the problem is there's not enough education in yeah. schools. And there's this whole old school mentality of just go and get a job and pay off your mortgage for 30 years. Yeah. Like we both know that's, you know, we've both got family, you know, and, and friends that have done that and it just doesn't work. That's old school. No. Even like looking at this, this standard again, uh, even if you own your own home, and you haven't got the right level of income, you haven't prepared for the right level of income, you can't even fix your home. Like imagine when no. the boiler breaks or something and you've got to spend two, three grand and you're on 40 grand a year. Yeah. Like you, you, it's it's literally a struggle. Yeah. Look, we've yeah. covered this previously but it's clear, it, it should be clear to understand the pension only ever worked when it was a bonus for getting past the average life expectancy. Yeah. That was – really the only time it actually made sense. Yeah. Now, if they paid it now at the age of 87, they could probably fund you a pretty decent lifestyle. Mm. That would mean you'd need to work until 87. Yeah. And most people obviously aren't in the condition to do that. Yeah. Okay. So we know where we don't want to be. Yeah. You don't want to be in a pension. If you need to hit that minimum standard, yep. like as a couple, and it's 70,000. Right. So you need 70,000 income to live yep. the same lifestyle, to be comfortable, not have to worry about money. Yeah. So let's imagine you're putting aside a lump sum of cash to see you out, which usually isn't what happens, but we'll, we'll go into reasons as to why. Mm. But let's imagine that's what you're trying to do. So if you were going to draw down for that lump sum, 70,000 bucks a year over 20 years, you'd need that, right? Right. However, as we've talked about previously, the cost of the Big Mac value meal, right? So 25 years ago, the Big Mac value meal 
was five bucks. Today it's just shy of 12, mm. right. right? You need to factor in inflation. Correct. Yeah. So if you put aside $70,000 in today's money for that time, by the time you get 20 years into the future, it's only worth about 35 to 40,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. So your quality of life has already gone down. Mm-hmm. So, so you actually need more. Yeah. We won't get that into that today because we don't have time. Yeah. But let's just go on today's dollars. Now we figured out if you're a couple and you've got this is assuming you've got your home paid off, you don't have any mortgage, you need around $1.4 million in net wealth or assets to give you around $70,000 income. Yep. And the majority of people that I've spoken to, and if you look at the statistics, you can go and Google it, it's around 200,000, 250,000. So yep. most people are short for living a, a, a normal, comfortable life after working really hard for 30, 40 years, right? Slaving away, they are short by more than a million dollars. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So there you have it. And we, we haven't factored in, we can get in this, you know, there's a lot more detail there. We can get into um, inflation and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Roughly, if you added inflation in, yeah, $70,000 today is not going to be worth uh, the same in 10 years after, in 10 years from now. You probably need around 80, 85,000. I'm just rough figures. Yeah. Rule, rule of thumb is that inflation means the value of your dollar is going to be worth about half in 25 mm. to 30 years. Right? Yeah. Let's use 30 years. Let's take the most conservative time scale. Yeah. So bang on, right? So yeah. in 10 years' time, you need to account for having a third more. Yeah. Hey, look, this is, you know, disclaimer, this is not financial advice. No. But there are different ways to build up that net asset base. Yep. You can speak to a financial advisor. They'll they'll advise you on financial products like shares and things like that. Yeah, more holistic right. advice. Yeah. And then there's there's property and that's that's what we're passionate about, property. Yeah, finding the right asset to put to plug that gap. If property is right for your needs, yep. that's really the, I guess, where we come in. Yeah. But, you know, at least even at 70K... Even if you landed on 70K and you could only travel, like according to the ASFA standard, you can only travel internationally once every seven years on that kind of income. That's right. You're probably better than 95% of the majority of Australians. Oh, yeah. Because you don't have to worry about money anymore. Yeah. Typical retiree, what what generally happens, they get to retirement, they've got a lump sum in super. Um, They use a big chunk of that to pay off the mortgage. They then, what's the next thing you'd want to do when you retired? I want to go on a holiday. You want a holiday and you probably want a decent car on the road to see you out, yeah. right? Once they've done that, they've got a pretty small lump sum left. Let's imagine they get there with 400, then add down to maybe 250, 200. Mm-hmm. And obviously they know that's not going to see them out. So they mm-hmm. kind of burn through that quickly to get through the depression of it as much as anything else. Yeah. Before you know it, they're on that pension. And this that, is, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not enough. This is why we do what we do. Yeah. Like we've seen it firsthand with family members, like friends of family, there's a better way. Yeah. And we look to property to do that. But just to finish off here, we hope that, you know, that provided some clarity to, to anyone listening. Yeah. That going on that old school mentality of just working nine to five and not acquiring assets and just paying off your mortgage, it's, you're going to, you will end up like everyone else. Well, hopefully it gives you the reason why and the ability just to start thinking and mm. really planning for yourself and thinking in those terms. Mm-hmm. Like, the dollars are meaningless. They're abstract, they're irrelevant. But if you can think in terms of, okay, this is what I need to have in my life and this is why. Mm-hmm. These are the people I care about. It's what I need to provide for them. Yeah. That'll give you the north say you need to actually put a really good plan in place for your yeah. future. Yeah, that's that's really important. Yeah. I think that's 
you know, that's the key message here for, 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 from today is plan ahead. Yeah. As early as possible mm-hmm. and, you know. Don't it, stick your head in the sand. It's tempting because it might feel more comfortable in the moment. When you actually confront what, what's, what you've got coming up, it's actually a massive relief. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that was hopefully very insightful for anyone listening and, um, yeah, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Yep. Catch you soon.